Hey guys, Chris here, just to let you know that this week's show is brought to you in part by Madden 24. Madden 24 has officially been released and there are a giant number of changes to make an already incredible game just that much better. With significant technological improvements, the Madden team has enhanced the gameplay experience, taking it to an unprecedented level of immersion and control. With the new FieldSense technology, ultimate team upgrades, and simple additions to the franchise mode like restructuring contracts, it is true that if it's in the game, it's in the game. Available for all major consoles, the good folks over at EA were kind enough to gift us some digital codes. We're giving away an absolutely crazy 25 codes for each console version, and they're gonna go to the first people to DM us on Twitter. Simply ask for it. It's that easy. Madden for free. Madden 24, available now. Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. I'm Chris Forward. joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, week three in the NFL already. Sounds weird. How are you? I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly. It does sound weird. It's crazy how long we wait. We wait and wait and wait for the NFL to arrive. And then quickly you realize, oh, this is going to be over very soon. Um, well, very soon is a bit of a stretch, but it's going to it's going to feel very soon. Too soon for my liking, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a wacky week, dude. What a, an absolutely, utterly insane week. I've heard a lot of people really enjoy the double Monday night game. Why? Not a fan. I don't yeah. know why they like it. They are more football. I Monday night football is one game. Unless you're going to do the double decker game where it's 7 and 10 uh, yeah. East Coast time or whatever. And there's a split. I feel like I barely got a chance to watch outside of the first hour of the, the Saints uh, Panthers game. Yeah. Outside of the first hour, my attention for the remainder of the evening was fixated on Brown Steelers. Like, that's just what it was, which is, you know, crap, I guess, if you're. Well, well let's talk. Let's talk about that, because we saw in my mind, one of the more gruesome injuries Ugh. that we've seen in a while with Nick Chubb's knee bending the wrong way. Nick Chubb very obviously out for the season and uh, you know, hope he can hope he can come back next year with uh, as strong as he is. Now multiple torn ligaments in that knee. It's the same knee that he tore his MCL, PCL, and ACL in, in twenty fifteen when he was at Georgia. Oh boy, does that change the trajectory of the season for that team? Not many people can have the claim of having two horrifically gruesome leg injuries caught on camera. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, Nick Chubb is, is in that, that category now. I mean, you just feel terrible for that guy. He's the, one of the best running backs in football. 
and just a, a freak kind of play. The foot's planted as the guy's coming oh. in to make a hit. And I mean, Willis McGahee vibes times a hundred. Yeah. So incredible. And I, I, uh, we were watching, we were watching the, the Panthers game, the Saints Panthers game when it happened. And I saw it on Twitter and then I saw an alternate angle of it. And Oh my, I just had, to, I literally had to put my phone down. I, like I, chose, I just could I couldn't look at anything any any device that had something so grotesque on it. I, I was very appreciative of um, ESPN literally saying, "Yeah, we're not going to show this replay," and then immediately disheartened by every one of my friends putting in the different yeah. group chats. Uh, not an injury I needed to see. Um, to be fair. The broadcasts are pretty good about not showing the gross injuries more than they have to. Will uh, it'll surprise absolutely no one that Kareem Hunt was in Cleveland today working out for the team? So can't imagine yeah. that that's not going to come together pretty quickly. I mean, it makes the most sense, right? Like he's, you would he think so. That running game is so unbelievably important to that team. I saw a uh, I saw a stat this week about the the most off-target throws, either overthrows or underthrows, that don't include spikes or throwaways through two games. Dak is number one at only 8.1% of his throws are off-target. Deshaun Watson is number 32, 27.6% of his throws off-target, and that is 4%, 4.5% worse than the guy in front of him. That seems not great, if you ask me. Yeah, he might not be so great anymore. No. At what at what point are we going to say, oh, he's just rusty? Like he well, played, I was think he played what eight games, uh, seven games last year. Yeah, I was Six thinking games. the same thing as you were talking about it. Like, that when is the point where we're like, maybe it's just uh, it's not a thing anymore. He's not as elite as we once um, we once thought. It's easy to look good when you're playing in a no pressure environment like Houston, when there is no expectation of winning, and then you're thrown into this team that now you're supposed to be the missing piece that's going to vault them into not just the playoffs but potentially a deep playoff run for the first time in you know forever, and he is he has not stepped up to that expectation in any way. Well, and and. You just talk about I me mean, talk about Houston from a no expectation thing, but you're also in a division that is almost perennially weaker than yeah. the AFC North. Like comparing the AFC South to the AFC North is like it, it's night and day almost in terms of competitiveness, the rivalries, how heated those games are. Like every team is usually good except for Cleveland most of the time. And for the most part, Cincinnati until recently, um, like it's, it, it, you, you go to the South and it's like, well, the Jaguars are typically always bad. The Titans right. are kind of up and down the Colts. Yeah. They had Manning. There was a couple of years of luck, but for the most part out of there and Houston's year always Carson bad Wentz. too. Don't forget the year of Carson. Wentz. Oh, my apologies, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, the Phillip rivers era, of Colts football like I mean it it's it's a vastly different environment and I don't want to say cracking under the pressure because I don't necessarily know if I believe that just yet but yeah you watch you watch the games and there's just no crispness to a lot of what goes on a lot of it 
it has been very ugly. And, and, and spe speaking of that Saints-Panthers game, how about uh, Michael Thomas trying to fight Derek Brown on the way to the locker room? <laughs> solid, solid move. That's, that's definitely what we should be focused on. Like, Michael Thomas just can't just chill. What like, just hang guy? out, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, just just chill. Don't just don't do anything dumb for like three weeks. You're two and oh. You're in first place in the division. Like, relax, my guy. Stop. Talking about two and oh, how do you feel about the uh, the Eagles currently sitting at two and oh? Eh, you know, we beat teams that we should have beaten, took care of business as as necessary. We own Minnesota. Like it's not even a question anymore. We won by six points. Calm down. You know that game was not that close. You know oh. it and I know it. Garbage time touchdown uh aside. We, we, you know, the injury issues on defense is where I worry the most. I think the offense will come together. I don't really enjoy A.J. Brown not being happy, um, but I, I have to hope that cooler heads can prevail. And, you know, I think we may get a heavier dose of, of A.J. Brown on Monday Night Football uh, against Yeah, that's just, that's just the thing that goes along with that type of receiver. This is... In this locker room with this quarterback and these teammates, I'm I'm not overly concerned about that. Yeah, no, I, I, I tend to agree with you. It's just something that you know that the narrative is going to start being pushed. That's really that's really it. I'll tell you what I'm glad is was not being pushed after that first quarter is the immense and ridiculous number of Jalen Hurts runs. I think he had seven runs in the first quarter. That uh, feels yeah, like it, five too many. I don't really know. I don't know if I mean. I guess it's Brian Johnson, yeah. but it's a little bit strange how many design runs we have going for him. Like it's just throw the ball maybe one to two to six times if you'd like. Like that'd be that'd be cool if you ask me. I would. I'd prefer that, um, but. You just maybe it's just a flow thing, like you're just trying to get into the into the game and into being able to to call the game as best you can. You know what I mean? Right. Very college offense type numbers for the Eagles this week, with more than twice the number of runs than passes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they found something that worked. They found that pounding the run and being able to really, you know, get involved as best you could with that running game and using that offensive line where you have such a significant advantage, like use it. And it was working. Swift looked phenomenal, like absolutely mm -hmm. phenomenal. So why not, you know, why not go for it? Can I tell you, I'm a big advocate of if a guy gets you inside the five, give him a chance to score, you know? And I, I feel like Deandre had two touchdowns kind of uh, taken away from him by that that Jalen Hurts designed run the sneak, the push sneak. Yeah, Just, you know, give Swift one shot at the end. Listen, listen as a man who uh, is all over anytime TD scores, that's one of the more frustrating parts about watching Eagles games. You know what well, I mean? The Jalen Hurts is a very good bet. Oh well, yeah, but the problem yeah. is is. When you when you take literally anyone else, yeah, um, it is unbelievably frustrating when they get down to the goal line in those situations because you know what's coming. Everyone knows what's coming. They can't stop it, so it doesn't matter. But it's just like, I mean, give give the ball to anybody else.
anyone else, please. Can we move away from Britain Covey at this point? Can we call this a failed experiment? Oh, I'd, I'd love to, my friend. I would absolutely love to. Just, I, don't under, I don't understand the fascination with this guy. No, I don't either. I don't either. And the, the fumble, and then you're just like, this, this could be a real problem. And that's yeah. the last thing anybody needs. You know? So, so I have uh, I found an article on ESPN uh, judging the by Dan Graziano judging the biggest overreactions for Week Two in the NFL. And I want to I thought this would be interesting. I want to get your take on these, and you uh, I'll give you a narrative and you tell me overreaction, not an overreaction. Where do you think where do you think things land with it? Joe Burrow and the Bengals missed the playoffs for the first time since the quarterback's rookie year. I mean, it's hard for me to, to buy into that simply because um, uh, simply because they started 0-2 last year, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that's I, I know obviously year over year every season's different, et cetera, but I I find it hard to believe unless the calf thing really lingers and he misses some sort of extended period of time, that they're not going to, you know, figure it out. You started with double division games. You know, that yeah. one on the road, one at home, uh, one team you never beat on the road uh, or never beat really in general in Cleveland. And then Baltimore, who's expected to be a very good team and showed that they can be a very good team. And I I, I, I tend to not buy into the Bengals not making the playoffs. That's just me. Per ESPN stats and information, uh, the Bengals are the seventh team since – divisional realignment in 2002 to start 0-2 with both of those losses being to division opponents. And uh, none of those previous six teams made the playoffs. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Rely on that wild card. The The Chicago Bears will regret trading away the number one pick from this year's draft. I mean, I don't know. Are the Bears the worst team in football? They're not great. They're not great. Uh, but I think there's a lot of blame going on Justin Fields's, you know, on his head, which again, you're the quarterback, so that's going to happen. But yeah. uh, I think there's a lot of blame from a roster building perspective. And it's hard to blame. I think the GM's relatively new. Um, the coaches, I think, only been there for two years. Like this is year two for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 the thing that I can't, that I really dislike is, and I've heard it a lot over the course of the last couple of days is people like, Oh, they haven't won. You know, they've lost 12 straight. And it's like, well, not really like, yeah, sure. They lost the last, whatever game, 10 games last season. And they've mm-hmm. lost the first two games of this season. And it's like, but that's, they're different teams. It's, it's in many cases can be vastly different. Like, so to, to carry that streak over, sure, as a franchise, losing 12 straight games over the course of two seasons, not a great look. But I, I'm not going to say they're on a 12-game losing streak. That seems that seems dumb. It's like when uh, in baseball, Jimmy Rollins had a hit streak that ended at the end of the season and carried over, and they were like, oh, this is game 47 in a row on opening day the next year. It's like, well, not really. Like, that's – that's not really how this works. It's not how the, the, the record was set and all that fun stuff. But regardless, I, I just – they're not a good team, but it's not just Justin Fields. So I don't know if you can say that Bryce Young, because it's not like he's lit it up, was that 
you know, would have been that much better in the offense that the Bears currently have and run. I know you're you're saying Bryce Young hasn't lit it up. Bryce Young's also played in his first two games of his NFL career. Well, uh, true. That's that's definitely it definitely has to be factored in. There's no doubt about that. Um, But I guess more uh, more of it is like, are the expectations that Bryce Young is going to be that much better than Justin Fields? I don't I don't necessarily as a thrower of the football. I can't imagine that's not the case. Oh, well, that's that's 100 percent true. But. Do you think he would be out there flying around with Chase Claypool and, uh, well, I guess DJ Moore on the team? Um, would it be any different? Like their running back room is, you know, also not something to write home about, at least not right now. Um, so I don't, I don't really know. Like the offensive line stinks. I, I just, it's hard for me to say that they're going to regret passing up on Bryce Young when there's potential that they end up with Caleb Williams if they actually stay this bad. Well, I do think uh I do think it's funny that all of those those fun oh Justin Fields MVP votes. Well, that's uh, yeah. going into the season. I think that's over now. I I think I think we can stop that nonsense. The guy is completing 60% of his passes, more touchdowns, uh, more interceptions than touchdowns and what Averaging like 223 yards passing a game, 213 yards passing a game. You're right, Khalil Herbert. And I'll tell you what, there is, I really like Rashawn Johnson, the the rookie out of Texas, uh, Bijan's backup. And by the way, Bijan had another absolutely disgusting move this week. Kid's a monster. Um, yeah, he is fun to watch. But Rashawn Johnson was Bijan's backup at Texas. And uh, I'm, I'm a fan of his. He is there. I guess they're third leading rusher right now behind Herbert and Fields, who are tied with 62 yards each. Seems um, bad after two weeks. It's not ideal. DJ Moore, eight catches for 129, no scores. Breakout superstar 2022, Darnell Mooney, four catches for 53 yards through two games. Hey, Chase Claypool, three catches, 36 yards. He got a touchdown. He I almost, does have I a touchdown. Threw my phone through my television when it wasn't DJ Moore. Um, I, my wife must think I'm crazy when football's on. Now this was and one of those other times. Well, yes, that too. But this was one of those weekends where, um, I, I we had you know the Eagles didn't play during the normal windows of football, so it was like yeah. oh we there's an event we went over there was like an arts fest thing we went and hung out. Kids did a bunch of fun crafts and different things. And then we got home around uh, what is what is commonly known and now becoming the witching hour, 3 p.m. Um, and All right. I was losing my mind at different things because I hadn't looked at my phone, hadn't checked fantasy, hadn't really looked at any scores. Uh, I had just been sort of off the grid doing family things. When Chase Claypool caught that touchdown, <laughs> you would have thought that he had driven to my house and lit it on fire with how I reacted to him scoring the touchdown and not DJ Moore. I am, I've almost reached a point when it comes to fantasy football that I, I, I may have to just be done. I may have to just watch I've football. I've been begging you for years. It's dog last night and it, not because nobody really cares, but I was down like eight points or six points, something like that to start the game. And I had the Browns defense and Nick Chubb. And I said, there's hmm. no way I can lose. I, when Nick Chubb got hurt, I was up 10 points, but it was still very early in the game. And immediately, George Pickens scored a touchdown. 
Yeah, and I was, was like, like a seventy-one yard touchdown. Yeah, or something. I was like, this is going to be a real problem if they lose this game. I will, I will. That would have been the retirement for me. But it's it's coming fast and furiously. I can't maintain this for my own mental sanity. I'd rather just be mad at the team that I'm watching versus the uh, a random assortment of people uh, that I have. I think that is a wise decision, my friend. <laughs> the Bears, uh, the Bears went out and they spent all that money on those linebackers in free agency this uh, this off season. T.J. Uh, Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. I guess that's paying off. Those guys lead the team with uh, twenty six to twenty four tackles, respectively, with T.J. at twenty six. But why do you need? Big money linebackers if your team's terrible. Well, after you didn't pay Roquan Smith. Right. Like that's... Yeah, you, you traded him away. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and you got whatever draft picks out of it. But, like, it doesn't... That's not the part of the team that's actively making you bad. I, I, right. I just don't understand it. I don't understand the philosophy, the direction. It's just the franchise as a whole. Really perplexing, I think, is the best way to put it. Number three, Baker Mayfield's Buccaneers are legitimate contenders in the NFC. I said this at the beginning of the year, Chris, when we talked in the pre- sort of that NFL preview. I didn't think that the Bucs were going to be that bad because I think that Baker can manage games, and that's what yeah. he's done through two weeks. Mike Evans, still good. I know that's shocking to hear. It's, right. it's crazy. Um Still very good, and the defense still has dudes that won a Super Bowl three years ago on it. Like, <laughs> it's it's a, a decently coached team with Todd Bowles at the helm, a, a, a pretty solid roster. As long as Baker doesn't make the back-breaking plays that hurt them, they can absolutely. I mean, they can win that division, and they can. You could see them on the second Saturday of of the playoffs easily. I agree. You know, I, I was calling for the Baker bounce back year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Me and you, me and you uh, un, unbelievably agreeing on something. <laughs> well, let's talk about Robert Covington for a moment. Uh, <laughs> hey, season to save, buddy. Kelly Oubre. I mean, I was, I was waiting for a reaction from you and how excited. I'm, I'm sure you already booked your hotel for the, the day of the parade. Yeah, I mean, I got my Ubre jersey, home and away, plus the City Edition Ubre jersey. As you should. Look, I mean, it's fine signing. It's it's he's going to be. It's a nothing signing for a guy who scored twenty points a game last year, and the team literally doesn't have a small forward. But uh, it'd be really cool if if Harden would uh, would take a moment and realize that the Clippers don't want to trade Terrence Mann for him, and uh, you know, maybe take that personally. Yeah, that'd be sick, dude, but he's never going to. Which no, I agree. I, I agree with you. He's uh, content to ruin his professional career by just complaining and complaining and complaining. So such is life. We've got some time before we got to talk about that. Number four, the Denver Broncos will move on from Russell Wilson and have a different starting quarterback in 2024. That, I think, is a very real possibility. I think that they... They could potentially realize, like, I mean, and especially, I think it's more the fact that I think Sean Payton's going to be like, guys, what are we doing? Uh, yeah. He clearly can't play a full 60 minute game at a high level anymore. Like, it's just, he has, he still has flashes. There's still flashes of old Russ in there. But I think he threw it's that just, Hail Mary, Greg. Well, the Hail Mary, sure. But 
There were earlier plays in that game. He hit a long, a few long passes. I can't remember the receiver's name, um, but he he looked good. He was making plays, but then all of a sudden, it just like the defense makes like one slight adjustment, and then it just shuts down completely. And I don't right. know what it is or why, but that's just that's just kind of the story on Russ. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at spot track right now. It's going to be hard. $85 million dead cap if they move on in the 2024 offseason. Oh, man. I, is, I don't know it's not great. Even, I don't know if that's even possible. Like, it's only $50 million if you do it in 2025. And that is kind of like akin to what Philadelphia did with Wentz. And there was one more example who I'm forgetting right now after that. But... It's not great. I don't not how great you, at all. How can you absorb an eighty-five million dollar dead cap hit and field a legitimate team? I don't think you could, unless me and you were suiting up at the league minimum. I, I said legitimate team, <laughs> not Super Bowl contender. Greg. That's you know what you're right. We'd 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 garner way more interest. A little too good. A little too good. Uh, number five, the Dolphins will win the AFC East. I, I don't see what I don't if you look if you compare the two teams that matter right because the Jets are conceivably done um, and the Patriots are just sort of a middling team I, I don't think they're as bad as people want to pretend but I also don't think they're gonna light the world on fire so right. the only team you you're really going up against head to head is the Bills and I mean while the Bills looked great on Sunday they didn't look great against the jets that first week. So you're sort of still like jury's kind of out, but Mm -hmm. the dolphins have sort of looked perfect. And if everyone stays healthy with the biggest piece being Tua there, they, they have a a real legitimate shot at being a very, very good team. Like the Patriots took away all the deep threats and the dolphins were like, that's cool, man. Raheem Mostert's just going to run all over you or, we're going to hit short passes. And, you know, like they they were able to adapt to the scheme that the Patriots were putting on them, and that's what good teams do. So I, I think there's a real, a real, real shot that they can grab the AFC East from the Bills. Uh, Zach Wilson, uh, he still stinks. Oh, I know that's, that, not, that's not an exaggeration. No, that, that is not. Uh, that's not the uh, – we're not talking about that as number six on our list here. Just a, a general thought. I know that Cowboys defense is very good, but 12 of 27, 170 touchdown and three interceptions for Zach Wilson. Yeah, it, it's he's just he's just mediocre. I've oh, I, I mean, I I knew it well before he was ever drafted that he was not going to be this sort of generational quarterback that a, a, a combine workout predicted like it's, I was wrong I was wrong on this one and I admit that I was I was very big on Zach Wilson that's yeah li- listen we we all we all have our uh have our no-goes I have plenty I most of them are about the Philadelphia Phillies uh well but don't, and probably don't want to fall into that rabbit hole until good god no and pretty much everything else if we're being perfectly honest I'm almost always wrong so um but yeah, man, like just take care of the ball. The defense didn't help him out though. Cause they didn't look great against that Cowboys offense. Uh, but I mean, he just, he just makes bad decisions in a lot of cases. Like yep. it, it, it's, 
if you're a Steelers fan, it's eerily weird because I feel like Kenny Pickett does a lot of the same things with some of the throws that he makes. Uh, and that's a guy that I am going to be very wrong on because I thought the Pickett would be very, very good this year. And uh, boy, he has not been. Yeah, that team's weird in general. But, you know, I right after Aaron Rodgers got injured, I you, you see those like start bench cut things on Twitter all the time. Yeah. And the one that I saw was a start bench cut for the the New York Football Jets and it was Zach Wilson, Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Yeah. Well, what I, give me your thoughts on that. I mean I'd probably man, I want to hear it. Go out on the line. I probably cut Zach Wilson cuz I think both of those other guys are better regardless of what you think of Wentz. He has a season and a half of high caliber starting NFL quarterback. Yeah. Like MVP candidate level quarterback play um, that was cut short by a knee injury. And I think Foles is also, I mean. Can I I say one thing working against Foles? He would not be playing for the Eagles in this situation. Well, that's true. That is usually that is typically the problem. Every time that guy does go to be the starter somewhere, he suffers a horrific injury or or something. Or just plays terrible football. That also. <laughs> um, I mean, I have to think. I have to think. I'd almost start Wentz, bench Foles, and cut Wilson. Like it is just, nuts that Carson Wentz is not the Jets' starting quarterback. Nuts. Bring him in. Just bring him in. But, guys, we can't pretend that there's this world where Zach Wilson's going to put it all together. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what planet the this, this you know, ownership or GM front office lives on. Like, the, the, the team wanted Mike White last year. You went out and traded. Forgot about that. Yeah, the the the, like every guy in the locker room was wearing a Mike White Mm T-shirt. Like, and I just don't, I don't see a world where you you can't get somebody else in there. It just doesn't make any sense. And the fact that you haven't even brought anybody in is the most surprising. Like, and (laughs) I guess you can. Sorry, I guess you can try to push it off. And be like, ah, well, it's the Cowboys. You know, they have a really good defense. Everybody saw what they did to the Giants. It's just one game. We can't overreact. But like, you're you're gonna run out of time more quickly than not. And it's you have a defense and skill position guys where you're a quarterback away. Like, and not that Carson Wentz is some savior in terms of that, but he's at least a guy that can that can like has won before. Right? right, Zach Wilson's never won. I thought there were six overreactions here. Oh, I don't know why I had six in my head. Apparently, uh, this will end not with a, a boom, but with a whimper. I guess we're done. Well, well, that stinks. But regardless, how about it, that? It is still overreaction season, and I guess they really don't stop until like week five or six. Once you're really into the into the season, and it's a yeah. well-oiled machine. But uh, I just uh, I I just don't understand some of the NFL decision making. This this, uh, this upcoming Monday, another doubleheader where it's an hour E-A-G-L-E-S, apart. A G L E S Eagles. Well, that's obviously the game I'm going to be locked in on. But I don't 
I just don't understand it. I'd like, I'd like many. I, I, as a football guy, I'm good on Sunday. Give me all nine or ten games in the morning, and then it is what it is after that. Like I don't know. I don't know why we're trying to jam two two games on Monday night. Hey, I'm I'm away this weekend, so that Monday night is a godsend for me. I get that, and I'm sure I'm not the only. I'm sure you're not the only one that 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 having those two games is is a great thing for. I'm just you know seven fifteen. I just need the Eagles game. That's true, <laughs> but seven fifteen is a that's that's brutal for for someone who's trying to put kids to bed and dealing that's with true. all that stuff to to get to. Yeah. A couple of college football things I wanted to hit on real quick before we get into picks for this week. And uh, by the way, all of our picks, of course, coming from uh, BavadaSportsbook.com. What do you make of this Dion thing? What do you make of the, what do you make of the, when you talk to another man, you take your hat and glasses off? It's just like, it's just weird. Like, why, why even say anything? Because you're never going to win in the war of words with Dion. Like, you're never going to beat him. I and, and like from Deion Sanders when we were kids was like the coolest athlete of all time. He played sure. sports. He was flashy. He had the attitude, the the look, everything. Like that's you know like random you know kids in suburban Philadelphia are wearing Deion Sanders jerseys because yeah. and my buddy play, Mike has a Deion Sanders jersey. Yeah, like they didn't play for the team, and that's. Well before the era where you constantly wore other jerseys, like today's yeah. world, so you're you're never gonna win that argument um, with Dion in a war of words. It's not gonna happen. So just, right. just shut up and coach your team because you're just giving them more firepower and ammunition by saying anything. That's it. Dangerously close to shut up and dribble, Greg. Dangerously close. Dangerously close. What do you make of this Alabama quarterback situation? Uh, Jalen Milrow was pretty terrible uh, in that Texas game through two picks. Did not get a single snap last weekend. Tyler Buckner got the start, and uh, Ty Simpson played a little bit as well. They will be going back to Milrow this week, apparently, for the SEC opener. I think they're just trying to get a look at some other guys after the Texas game. But it does stun me that, that Alabama can't, like doesn't have that that big name quarterback. Like it feels off yeah. to me. And maybe it's just because we've run through years and years of Alabama dominance. Um, but like it just shows that you know college football royalty and and those runs they they eventually come to an end. And we're, we witnessed we're literally in the middle of witnessing it with Clemson. They're in this in a, in a similar boat, um, and Alabama seems to be sort of riding that downward wave. And it, it's not all because of the quarterback, but like they're losing the guys they would usually get are now going to Georgia, are now going other places, and you have to be able to try to coach around that. And if if Milrow. I don't want to kill the kid after one bad game. And to be fair, I didn't see a ton of that Texas Alabama game. In fact, mm-hmm. I saw none of it. I was at a wedding, so I can't really judge his play on it. But like, I think it'll be a quick hook in the SEC opener if things start poorly. Yeah. They're outside the top 10 for the first time in a long time. They're uh, some of the blame does fall on the receivers, not getting separation. They, they've really been going the, 
the transfer route, bringing in uh, Jermaine Burton last year and the other guy who I forget. And uh, just has not really worked out for them. They they lack these star players on the defensive side of the ball this year. It's just it's, uh, you know, every every organization has a down year. I mean, with the exception of Dallas Turner, of course, but every every organization, every college, every team has a bad year. And I guess Kool-Aid McKinstry, too. So never mind. I'm an idiot. <laughs> literally might have two literally might have two top 12 picks on the defensive side of the ball but offensively certainly a downturn yeah for sure man it, well it's like it's like when we were younger and USC was that dominant force like throwing up dude after dude on the cover of NCAA football like yeah. uh, top 5 draft picks number 1 overall picks guys like that and eventually USC fell down to earth and really hasn't been outside of maybe the last last year and this year hasn't really been in like the national conversation in terms of titles for a long time because the SEC sort of took that over mixed in a little bit with the Big Ten. But well, Caleb's like, there now. Right, exactly. And that but that him being there has risen that profile, right? He wins the Heisman last year. He's he's you know what the leading candidate for winning the Heisman this year, potentially like it's it, it, this, these are the things that happen, you know, I'll tell you what, when I watched that guy play at Oklahoma a couple years ago, I did not think he was this good. Oh, I did. Uh, uh, I remember it was after, uh, whatever game Oklahoma played in, it was like his sort of coming out party. Um, it was his sort of coming out party. I said in a text message to a group of people, I will be placing many futures on Oklahoma and Caleb Williams next year. Now he transferred to USC like three weeks later. So it never really came to fruition for me. uh, But I definitely thought this kid was going to be really good. He was very impressive in those games. I, I just didn't know he had the arm talent that he does. And my God, he is, I, all the comparisons in the preseason were to Patrick Mahomes, and I don't want to compare anybody to Patrick Mahomes, but if anybody's going to be compared to Patrick Mahomes, it's him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's crazy because Mahomes, barring health, et cetera, and things like that, could potentially be up there in like a top three to five, top one all time uh, yeah. at the quarterback position. And that guy has a lot of the same – a lot of that that same sort of mechanics, same sort of everything. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I think it really depends on the franchise he goes to, though. I think that that's what always matters in with any of these quarterbacks. And good on the Chiefs for taking care of Mahomes. They uh, restructure his contract, getting two hundred and sixteen million dollars over the next four years, which is a NFL record for any four year period. So it's a lot of cash, dude. Guy. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. Um, it does. Mahomes. Oh, and by the way, can I just say one thing about last week's game? Fuck Richie James. Fuck Richie James. What'd he do? Richie James destroyed my first half, uh, my first half prop. Oh no. Would have been a push. Otherwise it would have been a four would have been a push, but Richie James fumbled that punt return. Let Jacksonville score that first field goal and, uh, and screwed me. Uh, well, I'm sorry, my friend. I, okay, I, I still want two of the three. Uh, hey, listen, as long as you're as long as you're grabbing some, you know, let's not get greedy. Stay in positive money, man. Stay in positive money. That's all that really matters. 
Let's do picks for this week. Speaking of positive money. Sure. Thursday night game, the New York Giants in San Francisco to take on the Buccaneers, and Bavada has the Bucks minus 10. I mean, I don't really know. I think the Giants actually stink. The Cardinals are just worse. And the, the Cardinals 49ers... keep trying to win. Do they? That second <laughs> half was brutal. They keep trying to look like they're trying to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's the more accurate way of describing it. Um, I think I think the the 49ers are going to absolutely dominate them at home. Like just crush them. The Atlanta Falcons in Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. Bavada has the Lions minus three and a half. Uh, is uh, some of that that Lions love going to be put to bed a little bit after last week? The Falcons, yeah, well, I think so. And I also think the injury to C.J. Gardner-Johnson doesn't help their case. Because um, no matter what, he's he's a guy that brings the energy and intensity on defense, also fantastic yep. safety. But theoretically, you have Brian Branch to step right into that position. Oh, you hope so. You you really hope so. Um, oh, I have no problem with a trial by fire from Branch. I trust that guy. He looked good in week one against the Chiefs, so you Pick might six. as well. Yeah, might as well run him out there. Um, and I just don't know what to think about the Falcons. I don't know if they're actually good. I don't know if the Packers just kind of fell asleep in that second half because they were up so big. Like, I, I, they're so hit or miss. I kind of like just the Lions. They're at home. Roll with it. Agree with you. Buffalo Bills in Washington to take on the Washington Commanders, and Bavada has the Commanders minus, oh, pardon me, plus, plus six and a half at home. I mean, that's a big line for a home dog, but I also just, I don't think the Commanders are as good as 2-0. Like, I just, I just don't. Great. I think that there, I think that there's a lot of that, um, you know, you're, you're playing Denver, who just has not been good in several years, and they can pressure the quarterback. That's the only. That's that's a real thing. That's what the Jets how the Jets were able to get the Josh Allen and everything. But I think after after week one, we might uh, we the, the Bills might have figured a little bit out. And I, I like the Bills way better than I like the Commanders. The Carolina Panthers in Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Bavada has the Seahawks minus five and a half at home. Um. Hmm. Maybe the Seahawks weren't dead after losing that first game to the Rams, and because yeah. maybe the Rams are actually not just tanking this year, um, which is an interesting thing, and I'm sure we'll talk about them. Uh, Carolina short week going to Seattle is tough. Uh, I like Gino and the boys at home. My God, I'm looking at a couple of these lines that are coming up. Good grief, including this one. The Chicago Bears in Kansas City to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Bavada has the Chiefs minus 12 and a half at home. I mean, the Chiefs are going to be even more back at full strength. It's another week for Kelsey to kind of get his legs under him. Chris Jones is a monster. The Bears O-line stinks. I think the Chiefs could win this like 21 to 3, 28 to 3, 35 to 3. Like, any of those options are, are available um, if you're if you're the Chiefs. I think they, we talked about the Bears a lot at the beginning. I, I just I don't see it clicking this week against a team like that. The Denver Broncos in Miami to take on the Miami Dolphins, and uh, Bavada has the Dolphins minus six and a half at home. Can Sertan shut down Tyreek Hill? Like if if that's the case and he can control Tyreek Hill, like then. 
you can focus everything else on stopping the rest of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough ask. It's a tough ask. And I just don't trust Russ anymore. Like I can't. I can't put any faith in the guy. I have to think that Miami wins. It's, man, it's a big number, though. I think Miami wins, but Denver covers. The Houston Texans in Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bavada has the Jaguars minus nine at home. Talk about an all-time need for a get-right game. The Jaguars offense, another another situation where I could have broken something in my home mm-hmm. watching Trevor Lawrence miss throw after throw down in the red zone. Um, I, I you're, This is the perfect timing for Houston to come to town with a rookie quarterback and you to kind of figure out some things if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, I fully trust them, and, and Doug, Doug beats inferior opponents typically. So... I like uh, I like Jacksonville in this one. I'm a little bit surprised that there's a line for this game right now. The Colts in Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Bavada has the Ravens minus eight at home. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a, I can't imagine Richardson plays right. Yeah, like I, can, I can't think. Left game one with the injury, then leaves game two at halftime with a concussion. Like still in concussion protocol. Yeah, it's gotta be it's gotta be Minshew. Minshew mania running wild in Baltimore. Maybe? Nah. Sure. No way. No way, Chris. I think it's I think it's the Ravens all day. I think getting Mark Andrews back alleviated a lot of a lot of the, the issues with Lamar that people thought about week one. He has that he has that guy you can really rely on out there mm. again. Not that Andrews lit it up, but he he did enough. I think he caught a touchdown pass, uh, but it allows their offense to open it up a little bit more. So uh, I trust the Ravens to to win big. The Los Angeles Chargers in Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Bavada has the Vikings minus one at home. I mean, the battle of zero and two frauds, right? Like these are two teams that people potentially expected big things from this year, and one of them is going to be zero and three. Yeah. And I so I trust Kevin O'Connell for some reason far more than I trust Brandon Staley. Like I think I, Kevin O'Connell's a really good coach. I really yeah. Do. I I couldn't. I I agree with you. I think you know he's a guy that coached a team that had that insane comeback last year. They were working their way back against the Eagles this past week. They played that really close game in Week One against the. So Bucks you admit it was good. close. Uh, no, I said they battled back. Lawyered. That's the <laughs> show for this week. <laughs> um, but my biggest. So I just. I think the Jacksonville playoff game has broken Brandon Staley. I know somebody asked him about it, and he said no. This isn't like the, these two games are not because of that, and it's like no, nah, man. It's clearly because of that. Like. That yeah. game broke you as a head coach, and I honestly they should have just moved on from you then. But I guess because you made the playoffs, they decided not to. <laughs> you made the playoffs as a rookie coach, and man, yeah, you don't typically get fired at that point. It's a bad loss, though, dude. It's a bad loss. It was a bad loss. Th- I I think there is a little bit of a hangover for sure, uh, for sure on that. So I mean, I have to. I I I think I trust the Vikings better more than I trust the Chargers. regardless this game's going to end in some really weird way with a weird score and that's that's just it's just going to be weird because the Chargers and Vikings are both involved 
Fair enough. The New England Patriots in New York to take on the New York Jets. Bavada has the Jets plus two and a half at home. Talked about the Jacksonville game uh, and that being a get-right game against Houston. The B- Bill Belichick versus the Jets is the ultimate get-right game, like the absolute ultimate get-right game. Yeah, I, I don't see how Zach Wilson outduels Mac Jones in this situation. I just don't. I, I, not that Mac Jones is the best quarterback all time. He's better than he's better than uh, Zach Wilson. I, I, I trust them more. I think it's Patriots. Well, also Zach Wilson against a pretty good Patriots defense. Yeah, it's not great. That's not great for any time you have any sort of, you know, moderately decent defense against the Jets. It's uh, it's bad news city with Zach Wilson at the helm. <laughs> this is the lowest over under of the week at Bavada, 36 and a half. Over to go over, Chris. No, I, that, that game, that game could have nine three. Agreed. hundred uh, percent agreed. The New Orleans Saints in Green Bay to take on the Green Bay Packers. Bavada has the Packers minus two. I talked about did the pa- I, I don't know if the Packers just fell asleep in that game. Like they got up big and sort of just let like slept walk through the second half. No Aaron Jones obviously doesn't help. No Christian Watson still doesn't help. Right. I, I think that this is a uh I think this is a situation where they they are gonna need to figure out even more about like what Jordan Love exactly is because the stats are there, right? But when you needed a drive and you needed crunch time, like it wasn't. So, and Derek Carr and the Saints, you know, they've looked all right through two weeks. You, you, you took care of business when you had to against a rookie quarterback on the road this past week. You won week one. You lose, you know, you still don't have Kamara, but I think he's back after this game. You lost Jamal Williams, so you're relying on a backup running back who had two touchdowns. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I just don't know. Like, in, a, in is Lafleur better than Dennis Allen? Probably, but maybe not. Um, I, I kind of like the Saints here in in this one. Last one o'clock game, the Tennessee Titans in Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. Bavada has the Browns minus three at home. Maybe the Titans aren't dead yet, fella. Maybe Vrabel figured it out. He was the other, that was the other team I was thinking of when people were talking about their losing streak going back to last year. Like they had lost eight in a row, but seven of them were last year and then they lost week one. Um, but no, they, they showed some grit and some battle. D-Hop made a big play. Tannehill looked serviceable again i i think i think this titans team is is gonna right the ship a little bit even though i probably declared them dead last week um i i think this is a tough one however because you are talking about cleveland obviously there's going to be no nick chubb but who knows kareem hunt may be starting uh sunday well i think jerome ford will be starting but kareem hunt could certainly be playing yeah so I, I I mean I just think that the Cleveland defense has a chance to wreak a little bit more havoc uh, in this one. So I'm rolling Cleveland. Uh, okay. The is, it, is that game not? Oh, a couple of these games are mislabeled. That's where I'm confused because I'm only seeing one four one game in the four o'clock hour at, on the uh, on the Bavada schedule, but it seems like. Chiefs, Bears, and Panthers, Seahawks are mislabeled as one o'clock games. So the only four o'clock game we have left 
the Dallas Cowboys in Arizona to take on the Cardinals, and Bavada has the Cardinals plus 12 at home. The Cowboys might win by 600. Like, I, I don't... unlikely, but... Maybe. Is it? Is it, though? Yeah, it's pretty unlikely. <laughs> um, I think that they are going to uh, absolutely hammer this Cardinals team, and I don't see any other way around it. It's it's not going to be good. Um, Cardinals they, win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Take that uh, money line. Hammer that money line plus 460 at Bavada. Uh, I think they just they just absolutely crushed them, and that's that's the end of the story with, well, with that's, them. Do you, do you like the over here? Over at 43.5, if you think Dallas is going to crush Arizona, that over also seems like it comes into play. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think they could easily put, they put up forty on that Giants team. Uh, think what you will about Daniel Jones; he's better than Josh Dobbs. So, um, I think I think the Cowboys can run away with this one early and often, uh, and I think they they do the numbers probably both uh, by themselves. All right, Monday night game one: the Philadelphia Eagles in Tampa Bay to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bavada has the Bucks plus five at home. It's probably too high when these teams get together outside of that playoff game uh, against Brady and Hertz's rookie season or first year starting, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Try to forget that game. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, most of their games are typically pretty close. Like, I just I, – I trust um, – I, I – I think the Eagles win, but I think this is a much closer game. I think we're really going to have to be wary about the secondary with, uh, you know, with Evans and Godwin, et cetera, out there. Um, Do we know yeah. if Bradbury's back? I would assume so, right? I would, I would hope 11 so. 11 days rest. Yeah, it definitely had a concussion protocol, I assume. So um, I'm hopeful that he's back. We'll, we'll see what happens. But got to pressure Baker. Got to get in his face. But I think the Bucks cover. I think the Eagles squeak away. And they continue the narrative of like, oh, do the Eagles actually stink? And uh, the final game on the schedule, the sorry, I missed actually I skipped one. I, I skipped the Sunday night game. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers in Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Bavada has the Raiders minus two and a half. If Devontae Adams doesn't play, I think the Steelers win this game. And the reason I say that is because they're going to get to Jimmy G. You saw their pressure, their defense. The defense is still very good. The offense leaves pretty much everything possible to be desired. But I think there's a very real chance they win this game against Oakland. Or okay. whatever, Las Vegas, sorry. And um, now the, the real last game on the schedule, Greg. <laughs> the second Monday night game. And we're, we're not going to call it a doubleheader, but the second Monday night game to start. The Los Angeles Rams in Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Bavada has the Bengals minus one and a half. The Rams not tanking is is just an unreal situation. Because uh, all I heard in all the analysis and all the everything, all offseason, is like, oh, no, the Rams are going to be really, really bad this year. And then Cooper Cup goes down. They're trading Cam Akers. It turns Cam out they're Akers actually good. Let's not well, pretend well, like that... that's a tank move. Sure, no, I get, I get that. Um, but there's just a lot going on with the franchise as a whole. But I think I think that that this team is legitimately going to try for the remainder of the season, and that doesn't surprise me because Sean McVay doesn't seem like a tank guy. So I am. I think I have to. I have to think that the Bengals can't go zero and three. 
But if Burrow's gimpy and hurt, that could be a real problem. Yeah. Uh, I got like Bengals at home. Have to be. Has to be, right? And the Rams have their first round pick for the first time in like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Bengals at home. <laughs> the uh, I'm, I'm on Tankathon right now. Shout out to Matt Hoover, friend of the site. Uh, they have the Rams picking 16 currently, and they select Shador Sanders, quarterback, Colorado. Ooh, wow. He's made it that far that he's a first-round quarterback already? I think Kuyper had him as, like, overall. as the, the third-best quarterback in like a top-five pick or something like that. That seems aggressive. Seems it does, aggressive. but uh, but he's been outstanding so far. So we'll, we'll see. There's a couple of bigger games coming up on that Colorado schedule, and they're a fun team to watch play. But all of that think, for, for another day. It does think that. Um, oh man, I'm tired. Travis uh, Hunter. Hunter uh, is going to miss the games against Oregon and probably the game against USC. That's, that changes things. Yeah, a lot. You're really going to have to have guys step up. To be uh, to be in these games, but we'll, do we know uh, we'll how see. many how many snaps did Travis Hunter play week two? I, I never I saw he played 129 snaps week one. I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know if we ever got the official count. I want to find they, how many cr- like they they beat Nebraska pretty bad, didn't they? Yeah, but I want to find out. What? Yeah, against Nebraska. Uh, let's see. Travis Hunter played only six. Oh, that can't be right. In week one, okay, I I I was wrong. In week one, I really sold him short. Apologies to Travis Hunter. In week one, Hunter played 152 snaps in Colorado's 45-42 upset of TCU, and against. Let's see. He in. In game two versus Nebraska, he played 69 plus 57. So what, 170, uh, 136, 136 snaps? It's a lot of snaps. 126, 126. Only 126 snaps. It's far too many snaps, if you ask me. Yeah, for sure. But uh, what a just remarkable athlete. So we shall see. All right. Well, now that we've got that snap count, talk over the the hot snap count talk that people hang out at the end of the show for that's going to be it for this week's episode of you're wrong and here's why i'm chris horbordell he's greg crone we thank you for listening and we'll see you back here next time